0: today we're here with uh, Eti Shani, author of many books on the Hebrew language and many other topics. And today we'd like to try to talk a bit about the stories from the Bible, the traditional stories, which we know both in Christianity and Judaism. And we will try to look at these very famous stories from a bit of a different perspective. Hello, Etty.
1: Hello. Good afternoon.
0: So, what what can you tell us about the Bible from a from a Jewish perspective? What What does it even mean when we talk about the Bible?
1: That's a very grand question, but uh, to make a, a short answer, uh, the Bible speaks about the human soul in general, and all the stories and older and all the names that are mentioned, either places or people's name, male or females, are um, stages or stations in people's life on Earth.
0: So you are saying this is not a um recording of historical facts?
1: Not at all. Though they're, they're historically happened. But not only. Those are spiritual roots of or um, printing a
0: mm-hmm.
1: blueprint of the human soul.
0: Okay, so um, most because most of us we, we look at these Bible stories now as, as modern people. And we say, well, this is something that was thousands of years ago, right? Some people with the camels in the desert, and, and what does it have to do with me? So, so you say this might not be the best way to try to understand these stories?
1: It's it, not, it's, it could be a way to look at this in historically perspective, perspective, but it's not definitely the only way to look at it.
0: So what, what, what could be another way? Perhaps to look at these stories maybe we should we should uh, take one of these stories that we all are familiar with and and try to to see a bit what um, the ancient tradition says about it okay okay so I thought perhaps um, let's take one of the first stories in the Bible why why don't we talk a bit about uh, the story of Adam and Eve?
1: Yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> so. To many people, this is a thing that they say, ah, it's not logical, and it contradicts with, with science. And, um, but we already said we don't want to look at it in this way, uh, as a historical uh, scientific fact. Yes? Yes. So, so what could you tell us about this story, for example? What, what, what can we get from this, other than saying it's a fairy tale, or it doesn't make sense to us, it's not logical?
1: in the beginning I mean in Genesis uh chapter a and chapter B or chapter one and chapter two appears two different stories of the creation uh, in the first chapter the Adam which consists male and female together by which the is way
0: Adam sorry right in yes English.
1: Adam in English yes is whenever the the name Adam or Adam in English mentioned It always refers to a a male and female together. Only when they are together, they they deserve the name Adam. Each one of them alone does not deserve the name. So this is the first distinction.
0: Um, If I may ask, what what does this name mean, Adam or, or Adam?
1: It comes from Isaiah the prophet that says "Edmele Elion," meaning "I shall be resemble to the upper," meaning to God, being resemble or similar to the one who creates us.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, if if that is the name that you say is is given to Adam, then then what would be the figure in the in the Hebrew tradition or in the in the original text of of Eve?
1: In Hebrew, her name is Chava. If we translate Chava into English, it means experience. And her name Chava comes from Chaya, which is a living, also an animal. And Adam, her husband, in the second chapter, gives her the name.
0: Okay. So, there, it is it is said, um, generally, that, that these two people, so to speak, they are the mother and father of humanity, right? And... Many people ask themselves, uh, "How can that be?" Historically, again, that we have two people that are supposed to be the parents of everyone. Um, let's let's maybe try to not take this so literally. Okay. Uh, as as you, you spoke about the roots, um, or an in inner, perhaps, this more psychological uh, or reflective explanation of this. What, what what does this mean that these are the first two? humans, so to speak.
1: It's a hard question.
0: Mm -hmm. So... uh, We
1: can say that the first chapter in Genesis described the creation of Adam, meaning the male and the female, in the sixth day of the creation meaning Adam or the human is the top or the crown of creation this is why also he was created in the six days before the shabbat comes
0: what do you mean that that he's a is a crown does it mean that he is better than the animals or
1: he or, contains uh, the trees yes he contains everything inside of him all the former uh, living Um, living, and also uh, growing things, and also stones. Everything is inside of one person. Since, let's so to speak, uh, from the first molecule or stone, everything is inside of a person, otherwise we could not um, locate or call uh, in names what we see. If I walk and I see um, a giraffe, and I say, a giraffe, I see a giraffe, meaning I see that, or oh, I recognize a giraffe which is inside of me, otherwise I could not call that giraffe a name.
0: So, in other words, what you are saying is that everything that is written in the in the Bible or in these stories, it doesn't really talk about things that we can see or, or touch, meaning things outside of ourselves.
1: Again, please.
0: You you are saying that the Bible does not really talk about things that are outside of us. But it talks about things that are inside of us.
1: Inside of us, yes.
0: So this means then also that, that Adam and Eve, or Adam and Chaya, as you call them in Hebrew, <laughs>
1: Adam and Chava.
0: Chava, sorry, they are also something that lives inside of one person
1: constantly.
0: How can we understand this?
1: How can we? We have uh, we have to feel it first. We, I think, every person has in him or in herself that um, intimate dialogue. between... Between himself, what he does when he does something or he sees something, something is going on in him or her all the time. Even in a child, little child, some children or adults are aware to this conversation and they support those conversations with the with reading, mm-hmm. inner reading, and some ignore or just. But in everyone there is this this Adam and Eve existing all the time.
0: So, but it's not that I I walk around during the day and I go and I drink a coffee and suddenly I hear the voice of Adam in my head. This is not what you mean. That, um, but you're talking about that there is something in the in the feelings or in the thoughts of a per- person, perhaps things that a person cannot explain to himself that these these figures are referencing to, or symbolizing? Do I understand this correctly?
1: We can say, maybe it's, let's make a trial, and we can say that Adam, or the thought which is in the brain, and Eve, which is the mother of all living, is is located in the heart, and everyone has this um, finds himself between, like, consulting whether to take the mind way or the heart way.
0: Okay, that's that's a good explanation. Yes, that uh, I can. I think that's that's very understandable. That because each person has these. Uh, This this conflict, so to speak, like even in uh, in Goethe's Faust, there's this famous saying of that there are two souls in my chest (laughs)
1: which are
0: constantly fighting with one another. That's the heart. Uh, Should I go with my feelings? Should I go with my thoughts? Should I go with uh, what I want? Should I go with what I should do? So you say there's there's constantly a struggle inside of a person which can be understood. Through the figures of Adam and Eve.
1: Yes, yes, it's a constant. Even when we 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 sleep, it is existing all the time.
0: Okay, so but let's maybe go back to to the story a bit. Um, yes, it says, or at least we learn in the in the Christian tradition um, that Eve was created out of the the rib. Of Adam, yeah this is the, yes. the common common saying or understanding. And I think to many people, this doesn't make any sense because, again, superficially, we look at it in terms of anatomy or medicine, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I thought perhaps you could tell us a bit from the the original Hebrew text where where does that even come from this explanation of the rib, which is very strange?
1: It says that God uh, took uh, that talk, that God built from Adam's side a woman but the bible uses the word the Hebrew term of tsela tsela mean, meaning a side like in a triangle and when it came, when the Bible was translated to other languages, they translated the the term "tsela" into a rib, which also in Hebrew "tsela" refers to to a rib. But the inner meaning was that from the side of Adam, not from the front of his, but from his side, he built a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that the translation is wrong but that the hebrew actually means a lot more
1: yes yes mm-hmm.
0: so so if we if we look at this then with the, that you said was created from the side uh what what does that mean actually
1: we can think together about it what does it mean
0: again not uh medically or anatomically but uh Perhaps in an, in an inner way.
1: Usually, when we sit in front of somebody, we have a lot of against, how do you say, we, all our resistance. Assist, resistance, yes. When we see somebody uh, sitting in front of us, all our natural systems, uh, feels resistance against something that comes in front. Like, mm-hmm,
0: like in the English word of, of opposition, which comes from to be opposite. Of one yes, uh-huh. yes.
1: It's a very polaric, very politic situation. Yeah, exactly. But if somebody sits next to me or at my side, I feel like a friend of this person naturally. Because of the, let's say, in brackets, bodily po- posture.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. I
1: don't feel so much in intimate um, uh, how do you say um, I don't feel intimated by the other figure
0: intimidated, intimidated
1: mm-hmm. from yes like as a frontal figure
0: okay and as we know uh, in, in, as the story goes uh, Eve was not uh, put into the story as an enemy, not as an opposition but as a friend. That was the idea from the beginning, right?
1: Yes, because yes, because God created the the animals in in chapter B, chapter two in Genesis, and He brings the, them to to Adam, to the human, to see what names He will call them, and this this human, the first human, gives gives their those animals' names, but among those animals he cannot find a friend. And hmm. then God God notices this and he says it's no good that a man is alone. The person is alone. So he puts him to sleep. And while he is asleep he builds one of his sides to be a woman. And then he brings this new creation in front of his eyes and asks him and then he says this time this is a woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because she was taking from a man. In Hebrew, in Hebrew a woman because from she was taking from a man.
0: So the other, in other words, just to make this clear for our listeners, the Hebrew word for man is ish.
1: No, true.
0: And the word for woman is isha. Yes. So it's almost the same word.
1: Yes, only we have um, the letter hey at the end of the
0: Which female. Makes the r sound.
1: The r sound, yes, mm-hmm. usually for Female.
0: Okay. So maybe that's a bit of a difficult question, but um, if the names are so similar, um what, what is what is the difference? Because before Adam and Eve, uh, there are no um, men or women, right? First, yes. there are only the animals in, in this story, if we look at it like a story. And uh, then there's the first human, which you say is Adam, which contains both of the male and the female
1: yes the first chapter of genesis this is how it is
0: and and then suddenly uh from from his side sort of let's maybe like you said from a reason of friendship yes was created isha yes so 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 what does this really mean that um that suddenly there's man and woman, and not just Adam.
1: It's it's an interesting story. It appears in chapter B in Genesis. We shall speak about the names Ish and Isha, and maybe we can see why why this the story built as okay. it as it is. Ish is the Hebrew uh, name for a man, and Isha is for a woman. Ish, we write Aleph, Yod, Shin. And Isha, we write Aleph, Shin, Hey. What is similar in Ish and Isha is the letter Aleph, Shin, which is a fire. Both men and a woman contain the element of fire. But the, the man, Ish, Con- contains the fire within the letter Yod, which is a wisdom, and uh, the woman contains the fire with the letter He, which is the fire of understanding. So when we combine Yishvesha, man and woman together, and we take the fire, the Esh letters. From both of them, what remains is the yod from the man and the hay from a woman. And there is, yeah, the combination of wisdom and understanding. With wisdom and understanding, we can build everything.
0: It's a beautiful explanation.
1: Yes, it comes from the Zohar. The Zohar explained this.
0: Uh, you, you mentioned the uh, ash. Um, I know a bit from from Hebrew that uh, this is also the word for fire.
1: It is. It yeah. is.
0: So the sound which is is contained in the in the name for Ish and Isha.
1: Yes.
0: Is is also the name for fire.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So it is not not just a symbol, but it's the actual the actual word that is also being used for fire.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So I see there are uh, many things here to, to say about this uh, topic if we begin to look at these things from a from a different way. Yes. And perhaps it's not at all what we we think about these stories superficially when we, when we start to think about this in a in a different direction.
1: Yes, because usually what we, what we have in mind is the first version of a child that we were taught in school or in cycles, or this is what we remember in ancient story and this is what this is the software that runs inside of us. But when we open the book, Uh, let's say, in adult mode, with experience, with a sensitive reading, Mm -hmm. we can see something completely else. And even, I would say more, even if we engage or of reading this daily, we see different things that developing in us while reading it. But it's, it's a matter of commitment.
0: Okay. But um, it, it is it is interesting to because it seems to me that this is such a very different way to to approach these stories than we are accustomed to because it seems to me that usually we, we look at these stories and we try to deconstruct them based on our normal everyday experience, right? We say, ah, this cannot happen because... Yeah, we
1: usually look at an external story and we judge or we have an op- opinion, opinion. Yes. yes on it but it's different it it, it is much open and higher that we can imagine even
0: so so perhaps instead of taking the standards of of our world that we are familiar with and applying these to the bible stories and then discrediting the bible stories you say we should look at the bible stories and see what these stories tell us about our life
1: yes definitely
0: so 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 how how would you say a person can begin to to think about these things like where where to start
1: is to read is to read with With open eyes, not with this first version of a baby that we remember. I I know the story about... Yeah, I know, I know. it is. He took, he did. It's a bit different when you open a book and you read innocently. Mm -hmm. Innocent reading. This is... uh,
0: So you would recommend a more open, um, reflective approach? Yes. Than to say we will look at it and we will analyze everything.
1: And don't do not come yeah, with a conclusion. That yeah. this is what is very common that people come with a conclusion and then they co- construct uh, an article
0: mm-hmm.
1: according to what they want to lead to. But this is a bit different.
0: But if I understand you correctly, uh, it is also important to look at the the Hebrew.
1: It is very important because the Hebrew is the root of every understanding. Because every translation uh, of the Hebrew into any other languages is already um, an opinionated, opinionated uh, translation. But the, the best is to go to the Hebrew root, and to from there to start open the pipe.
0: <laughs> would you say it's it's difficult to read the like the the story that we talked about, for example, about for a for a beginner who has never uh, looked at Hebrew before um, that it sounds very difficult to read in a in a foreign language
1: um if people have the basic uh understanding of Hebrew letters the alphabet it should not have uh it should not be a um, any problem mm-hmm let's say in israel usually in a secular school in the first year the first grade the children learn to read and write hebrew in general and in the second grade or mostly in the second grade they start they're starting reading the bible so the second year of hebrew is the bible reading uh in religious um Frames they start even earlier at the age of three. Mm-hmm. So it should not be a problem.
0: But the 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 words that are being used in the Bible they are um it's it's more or less the same language like ninety
1: percent ninety percent or more it's it's a similar language.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: yes, the only uh let's say words that were added to the Hebrew language in the last Hundred years are more technical terms, uh, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So ninety so, percent of the Hebrew is or more are still is still in the Bible, hidden, yeah. waiting to be revealed.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's that was that was very interesting to to hear just a little bit about these these stories. Obviously, there's a lot more to be said about this. Yes. If, if I hear you talking about the letters and their meaning and combinations and symbols, uh, this is really just the tip of the iceberg. But I still think or I hope that um, our re- uh, listeners could maybe begin to to see a bit this different direction that you're talking about. I certainly found it interesting. and want to thank you very much for this conversation
1: thank you for hosting you're
0: welcome